the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Well, good afternoon and welcome to this Friday, April 21st edition of Lifeline. Oh, we finally made it to Friday, did we? And looks like we've got some phenomenal weather in store for the weekend. So wherever you might be headed on this Friday, maybe you off to do some shopping, go out for a little dinner with your family, or maybe just heading home. Thank you so much for allowing us the privilege to spend some time with you. And we've got a great program for you today. As you're aware, I shared the sad news earlier in the week that on Tuesday, Dr. Charles Stanley, who for more than 50 years was senior pastor at First Baptist Church of Atlanta and, of course, speaker on the In Touch broadcast, which airs weekday afternoons at 4 o'clock right here on KFAX, that on Tuesday morning, he passed away at his Atlanta home at the age of 90. The years of ministry of Dr. Stanley, both at First Baptist Atlanta on radio and television, he has impacted the lives of tens of thousands, of hundreds of thousands, probably millions of people undoubtedly. And I would suspect if you enjoy his program here on KFAX, God has really ministered to you through Dr. Charles Stanley as well. So we thought, what better way to um, memorialize and pay tribute to the late Dr. Charles Stanley than to reprise some past conversations with him. A couple of these conversations as you will hear from my, uh, how should we say, added level of vim, vinegar, and energy, uh, date back 25, 20 something, 27 something years. And so if, if you hear a slightly younger, more energetic sounding Craig Roberts, that's the reason why. It's not that I've um, overloaded on coffee here in the studio, though that does happen on occasion. But in fact, we're reprising conversations from Dr. Charles Stanley going back 20, almost 30 years. So without any further ado, I'll uh, introduce more details to you as we spend the next two hours celebrating the life and ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley here on this special Friday edition of Lifeline from KFAX. Well, my, my, um, from the response to our switchboard here in the last 10 minutes, I I guess it's safe to say that my next guest needs uh, no introduction whatsoever uh, from the In Touch broadcast and, of course, uh, seeing your pastor at First Baptist Church there in Atlanta, Georgia. We're joined next by Dr. Charles Stanley. Dr. Stanley, welcome. Thank you very much, Craig. How are you? I'm doing well, but somewhat, uh, well, slightly embarrassed here. We want to talk about your new book, The Blessings of Brokenness, but when I announced at the top of the hour you were going to be on today's program, the switchboard got jam-packed. There's not a single phone line available. 
So I'll tell you what, if you wouldn't mind, why don't we entertain a couple of uh, questions or comments from listeners, and then we'll talk about your new book. How's That'll that? That'll be fine. All right. Let's, uh, let's say good afternoon first to Scott in San Leandro. Scott, you've been on hold for a while. Thanks for your call, and come on in and say hello to Dr. Stanley. How you doing, Dr. Stanley? Fine, Scott. And you? Yeah, I'm doing very well, sir. I'm a big good. fan. Uh, my question was discerning God's will for your life. And I was born again a couple of years ago, and God put a vision on my on my uh, head that uh, was basically I've studied a lot of eschatology, so I've been writing a fiction story comparable to C.S. Lewis, in which I was kind of just moved to visions and feelings about what the world would be like post rapture, and a very uh, science fiction kind of a way, but at the same time, I'm kind of torn to the other direction of politics. I see our country being torn apart by uh, so many evils that I'm, I'm kind of trying to figure out, well, is this fiction story that started a while back really uh, fuel for my passion in politics? Or should I go to Washington, and should I apply my writing talents there? Because I'm, I'm really firmly convicted that anybody who reads my writing in one page will immediately find a f- the fear of God in their bones. And I know that scripture, uh, some will be won by fear. Maybe that's his will, or maybe it's to do something where, where people uh, from all walks of life can read something well written and find God in that. So oh, are you asking which one of those you should do or how yeah. you should find out? Yeah, well, I know seek ye first the kingdom of God, and I'm trying to figure out is, you know, whatever gives me the most fulfillment and the most passion and the most zeal. At ascertaining God's will. Boy, Dr. Stanley, that is that is a challenge that all of us as believers face, uh, not only from time to time in life, but, but often throughout the entirety of our Christian walk. Right. I think we are, we're continually seeking his will about things, and sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's difficult. But I would say this, oftentimes a young man will ask me, he will say, I feel like maybe the Lord's calling me into the ministry. Uh, How do you find the Lord's will? And here's what I would say. If I felt the Lord was calling me into ministry or into some particular direction, I'd say, God, if this is your will for my life, intensify my desire in that direction. And Lord, if it's not, then let my desire for that direction in my life begin to diminish. I want your will. I want to do whatever you say do intensify it in the right direction, diminish it in the wrong direction. God will answer that prayer. All right, Scott, there's a brief summary, and I think some very wise counsel that all of us can use when it comes to seeking the Lord's will in our life. Appreciate your call today, and thanks again for holding. Let's go next to the city of Oakland, and Samuel, good afternoon. You're on Lifeline with Dr. Charles Stanley. Hello, Craig, and hello, Dr. Stanley. How are you? Hi there. Uh, my question is, uh, how do you balance uh, having a forgiving spirit, mercy, and brotherly love that uh, Christ requires us to show others and the, uh, the gnawing desire for justice for wrongs done? For example, if uh, someone spreads rumors or lies about you and they accomplish their plan and seem to be, at least to the human eye, to be going unpunished and enjoying life. Well, here's what I would say about that. It's not your responsibility to determine how God deals with them. One thing for certain, he says, whatever we sow, we're going to reap. And so what we have to do is to be sure that we have a forgiving spirit because the person who does not have a forgiving spirit is the one who hurts the most. Because you hurt on the inside. An unforgiving spirit is like poison that just seeps through the whole system. It'll affect you physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, your relationships, your relationship to God. Everything gets affected by that. 
all of us are going to be mistreated in life, from Jesus, the Apostle Paul, all of us. And so, therefore, we all have to learn how to deal with hurts, disappointments, abuse. But one thing for certain, if God has forgiven me, then I must be willing to forgive others. And sometimes that's difficult. But remember this, the one who holds the unforgiving spirit is the one who hurts the most. Well, thank you very much, and I'll take that deeply to heart. Sure. All right, Samuel, thanks for your call. In Mountain View, Shuhata, first-timer to the broadcast. Shuhata, good afternoon and welcome. Hi, good afternoon, uh, Craig, and uh, hello, Dr. Stanley. Hi there. It is so wonderful to hear your voice. Forgive me if my voice is quivering because uh, no more than about two hours ago, I caught myself to saying out loud, I wish I could talk to Dr. Stanley because there are so many things going on in my life. I, I have written to you in the past and you have answered me on three different occasions. And um, I, I thank the Lord for what you have done for my life. And um, if it wasn't for you, Dr. Stanley, most likely I wouldn't be alive today. About seven years ago, I heard... Sorry, I didn't hear what you said. About seven years ago, I um, heard you on the TV uh, for the first time. And about three years prior to that, I had become a Christian. But I had no home. And uh, no television, nothing. So I wasn't hearing anybody preach the gospel and I wasn't really into the Bible because I didn't understand the Bible but I, uh, when I first heard you on the TV I knew instantly that you were my teacher oh that's wonderful Shuata tell us uh, how can Dr. Stanley answer a question for you and help well, you today it's not a question, but I have to tell him this is very important and uh, then anyway uh, what happened was uh, 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 I, I was in a situation where I could not afford a radio, but then, by miracle, uh, somebody gave me a radio, a transistor radio, and I was able to get you on the radio, and I have been listening to you ever since on the, on the radio. Well, thank you very much, and I'm, I appreciate you telling me that. All right, Shuhata, thanks for your call today. Good to hear from you and uh, encourage you to keep listening to Dr. Stanley here on KFAX. Uh, I'm sure you know the times, weekday afternoons at 4 and again at 9.30 p.m. here on Life at 1100. Let's take a brief time out, shall we? When we come back, we'll entertain more of your questions. We'll also talk about Dr. Stanley's new book, The Blessings of Brokenness, Why God Allows Us to Go Through Hard Times. That is Lifeline Continues right after this. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. And back to our visit with Dr. Charles Stanley of the In Touch broadcast. Dr. Stanley, your new book, The Blessings of Brokenness. Now, here are two words that Christians don't don't typically, in, in my estimation, uh, connect together, that, that there's any sort of blessing behind the experience of brokenness. And yet, as, as you uh, maintain in, in your new book, in fact, there is not just a blessing, but a real purpose of God behind brokenness. Right, Craig. And I think uh, one of the reasons people... I don't relate those two words is because they never get past the brokenness part, the hurt and the pain, the suffering, or the things they don't understand. 
when beyond that is where we began to experience the blessing. And there's no question about the fact that God has his best blessings, I believe, beyond the experience of brokenness, because what he's doing in brokenness is preparing us for his best, getting us ready for the best he's provided for us, prepared for us, planned for us. And yet he has to get us to a position where we're able to accept it, receive it, and be ready for it. When we talk about brokenness, many people think that we're talking about somehow God either bringing or allowing circumstances in our life to punish us for something. Well, the truth is, I think you have to separate discipline, for example, and punishment. Uh, punishment is what God does to the wicked. But discipline and growing us up and maturing us, and that's not always uh, necessarily like God giving us a whipping, but his disciplines in our life are those periods which he teaches us the most. And I think the times he teaches us the most is when we're going through brokenness. And brokenness is God's channel by which he prepares us for the very best that he has. And so oftentimes people think, well, if difficult times come, God's punishing me for something in the past. He doesn't punish his children. He disciplines his children, grows us up, and matures us. He punishes the wicked. So it's much like uh, raising a child. Um, you know, if little Johnny does something that he shouldn't do, um, we, we might use the terminology punishment, but what we're really doing is we're disciplining our child right. because it's not born out of a sense of anger or wrath, per se, but rather out of a sense of, of parental love to want to see the child to do right. So if, if Johnny puts his hand on the hot stove and gets, you know, potentially burned, we, we want to discipline him so that he will learn not to do that in the future so he won't get hurt. Right, and I think what we have to remember also that is every experience of brokenness is, is an expression of God's love. Sometimes it's painful love, but it's still love. Discipline, an interesting root word there. We, we can make a connection with discipleship. Right, because that's what he's doing. He's growing us up and maturing us. Pain is a catalyst for growth, though. There, there, there's something that, that, frankly, kind of wars even with some of the prevailing theologies out there today. For example, we, we look at the so-called Word of Faith movement and, and, and other purveyors of that type of theology that would insist that uh, the Christian life is supposed to be just this, this walk down the beach in a bed of roses, and if you're experiencing pain or difficulty of any sort, that that clearly must mean there's, there's sin in your life or you're out of God will. But in fact, that is very contrary to uh, literally a plethora of examples we see throughout both the Old and New Testament. Right, Craig, and I think uh, one chapter in the Bible should clarify that if people would read it and accept it, and that's the 11th chapter of Second uh, Corinthians, and Paul gives his little biographical sketch there of all the things he went through. It was just one plan of one pain, one suffering after the other one experience after the other of great difficulty in his life, and yet he says in that next chapter that he finally learned how to thank God for things that he could not change, like the thorn in the side. And it's in Paul's times of suffering and the times of hurt and pain, God suddenly pruning and uh, breaking him, that's, that has left us the greatest encouragement in the Scriptures. When God is breaking us, even even as we see the example of people like Paul, or even, even look at, at a greater example of someone who really went through it, and that is Job, is that brokenness a desire to break man's spirit or man's will? Never, never man's spirit, but all, always his will. What God is seeking in all of our lives is to bring us into submission to his will, because his ultimate goal, he says, he predestined us to be conformed to the likeness of his Son. So if I'm submissive to his will, I will follow him. 
I will, I will go wherever he'd have me to go. I'll do the things he would have me to do. But all of us, because we have that naturalness within us, it has to be shattered in some fashion. And all of us are born with enough rebellion in us. We gonna we want to stay in control, if at all possible. And I think one of the major issues in, bro- in brokenness is the fact that God wants control of our life. And as long as I insist on having control, then I cannot position myself to receive the best that God has for me. Mm. An interesting um, analogy here might be looking at Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane then. I mean, uh, clearly there's an example of Christ being very broken, and yet it wasn't a matter of God wanting to break the Son's spirit as much as um, Christ's will being in harmony. I mean, we remember what Christ said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Right. And I think that's a real struggle that all of us have at certain times in our life, and it's those times we hold on to circumstances, situations, or relationships, or whatever, that God has to seemingly tear out of our hand or uh, cause us to finally just surrender and give up and say, all right, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. And the truth is, I know in my own experiences, I've been through enough brokenness in my own life that I can look back and say that every single time, with no exception, when I look back, I always realized that God was a whole lot smarter about what he was doing than I thought he was. <laughs> Much wiser in every way. The things that brought me the most pain were, were, were experiences in which pain was purifying me. And I think there is a purifying aspect of pain that we don't realize oftentimes that we need it. God knows it. And if I said, Lord, you know, just do whatever is necessary... Well, yeah, I probably won't like what he does, but he's going to do it anyway. Well, why does God, and I guess this is the $64,000 question, why is it necessary for God to, to break us in that sense in order for us to become whole? Much, much like the question, why does a seed have to die before it can bring forth a tree and thus fruit? Well, you know, I, all of us have what I call, Paul calls it the flesh, but I call it the naturalness within us. And... We just have those inborn tendencies uh, to do our own thing, to want to do it our way, to have our way, as I said, to be in control. And I think it depends upon what God has in mind for all of us as to to the degree to which we are broken. And I think I can say that the more God chooses to use a person, I think the more brokenness is going to be in their life because God desires that we have the fullness of the Spirit. He desires to work in us to the maximum of our potential. And some people are some people have a, a, a deeper desire, I think, oftentimes, or it seems to be less difficult for some people just to surrender than for others. I don't think I fall into that category. I wish I did. But I know that God has to work in my heart, and he has certainly broken me over and over and over again. If you ask me why, I'm sure it's because... There have been areas in my own life when I wanted to be in control. I wanted to be in charge. And he prunes us and sifts us and sands us and chisels away because he knows that our, that our potential has to be, he has to take out of our life those things that hinder what his purpose is. And so brokenness and crushing us and shattering us is, a, is an experience of his love for us. At the moment, it is terribly painful. 
you just joined us, uh, you recognize the voice. He's Dr. Charles Stanley from the In Touch program, joining us today to talk about his new book, The Blessings of Brokenness, Why God Allows Us to Go Through Hard Times. Let's get back to some more of your calls. We'll go next to San Pablo, and we'll say good afternoon to a first-timer to the program. Eunice, thanks so much for holding, and welcome. Hi, Dr. Stanley and Craig. How are you doing? Good. Hello. I um I have a question about brokenness in the sense that does God use illness as a form of brokenness? I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Does God use illness, illness? as a form of breaking us? I think God can use any and every experience in our life in order to bring us to what he wants us to do and what he wants us to understand about ourselves, about him. And we have to ask ourselves, what's the purpose of his brokenness? That is... Oftentimes, it's to show us something about ourselves. Sometimes it's to reveal something about himself, to show us his will, uh, to redirect our life. Uh, I, don't, I don't think God makes people sick, but he certainly uses sickness. I don't believe God makes people sin. Of course, we know he does not, but he will use even our sin to bring about brokenness in our life. God will use everything possible to shape us into what he desires for us to become. What should we say when the Lord just tells us, my grace is sufficient? What should we say? I mean, you know, I don't know. You know, I I have so much pain, but the Lord just keeps saying, my grace is sufficient. Well, I think all of us uh, have had different kinds of pain, Eunice. And, and, and when I have felt pain in my life, and God reminds me that his grace is sufficient... I think what he's saying ultimately is just trust me. I'm going to bring you through this. Just trust me through this period of pain and hurt and sorrow or suffering or physical pain. And God is there. He is reliably there, always there. And sometimes when it seems that he's either not listening or I don't feel like, I don't feel his presence, in my heart I know that he's there. Yes. And the ultimate, the ultimate thing that he brings us to is to trust him. When I can't figure it out, I don't know how to uh, how to experience. Maybe with a sense of uh, of um, of submission that I'd like to at that moment. It always comes back to the fact, Lord, I'm just going to trust you through this, though I don't understand it and I don't like it. One thing for certain, I know that you love me and you're going to bring me through it. You wouldn't leave me and drop me as a child of God. You know, you know, the other thing, too, that comes to mind, and that is the fact that, you know, as we're told in the scriptures, uh, to whom much, much is given, much is expected. And we are promised that God will never allow us to be stretched beyond what we're capable of handling. And it might be a matter of, you know, we, we God knows more about us than we know about ourselves right. and it may be just simply that process of, of growth and maturization in our relationship with Jesus where God is allowing circumstances to, to test us and try us because the Lord is preparing something greater for us thank you so much all right. Thanks for your call today, Eunice. Bye-bye. We're going to take a brief time out. We'll come back to more of our conversation with Dr. Stanley. I'm Craig Roberts. Lifeline continues with Dr. Charles Stanley right after this. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Back with Dr. Charles Stanley on this edition of Lifeline. And back to more of your calls in the city of Fremont. Barbara, thanks for holding and welcome. Yes, thank you. And Dr. Stanley, I wanted to um, thank you for, for being having this opportunity to speak to you. Thanks, ma'am. Um, I've been listening to your messages in regards to brokenness on your program. 
And it's been coming at a time when I really need it. I've been off of work for several months and had surgery and had ongoing um, pain and, and that. And uh, it's just really helped me in, in showing me the things the Lord wants to change in me and also um, how he's preparing me um, in service for him. Good. And I just want to, um, I'm just praising him that um, the messages, your messages are coming right at the time I needed them. Well, you know, I think one of the important things is that when these things happen to us, you know, the, the question people usually ask is, God, why is this happening? But the, the, the right question is, God, what is your goal for my life in this period of brokenness or in this period of pain? What is your goal in my life? And somehow that turns the negative feelings we have into something very positive. Then we begin to be sensitive. We begin to be perceptive. We begin to... Uh, sense God's presence, we begin, to, we begin to see the evidences of what he's up to. And that's always the best question. God, what's your goal? And it seems that you certainly have been asking the right question. Yes, and it's helped me to be focused in exactly in that area, to be praying and asking, you know, Lord, what is it that you're wanting to teach me in this? What is it that I'm needing to learn? You know, Barbara, I found one of the most uh, challenging, blessful, and yet difficult prayers to pray is, Lord, make me the kind of believer, the kind of person you want me to be. And then we should not be surprised at all when God takes the clay and plops it back down the wheel and starts the wheel spinning again and, and begins working out all the imperfections as he molds that pot of clay and yet what a joy to say that you've been molded by the master's hand for his service yes and being able to know that there will be a time that i'll be able to look back at all this and see what what the lord was doing indeed yeah. indeed barbara thanks so much for your call good thanks to hear you. from you today um, let's go next to uh bill in belmont hi bill thanks for holding you're on lifeline with dr stanley hi thanks for taking my call craig and hello dr stanley hi there uh, Dr. Stanley, uh, in one of your books, and uh, you mentioned about Christians that are put on the shelf by God. Would you uh, define what does that term mean exactly? I un- I think I I understand what it doesn't mean, but would you cl- clarify what exactly does that term mean that you used in that book? Uh, how to handle adversity? Sure. I mean by being placed on the shelf. When a person, for example, let's say that the Lord calls you to a particular task or a particular ministry or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. and you just rebel and rebel and rebel and rebel, then I think God will set you on the shelf. That is, uh, he will take away your opportunity until you are willing to submit to his will. And I think a person oftentimes feels like, that. well, you know, where is God? And I think oftentimes they may they may feel like, well, God doesn't care, God doesn't want to use me. It's not that. I think when a person refuses to do what God wants them to do, or to do it their way instead of his way, he, he will put us on the shelf. That is, there won't be any use. And I think oftentimes when a person, um, especially when they're called to ministry, and uh, there's a spirit of rebellion in their heart, uh, and uh, they refuse to do it, then God does he, he will not use them. And I think that's one of the most tragic positions to be in. It does not mean you lose your salvation. It doesn't mean that God loves you any less. It's just that God's not going to use you. I think uh, if a person just keeps putting up with sin in their life over and over and over again, God will shelve them. That is, uh, there'll, be no, there'll be little or no fruit. There'll be no power, no real unction, no anointing in their life, but rather a sense of fruitlessness, uselessness, 
And oftentimes that can throw a person in a sense of real depression. So it's not a matter of God abandoning you, no. per se. It's a matter of God setting you aside, so to speak, until such time as, as you are are willing to, well, allow the brokenness, frankly, to come in and do that work to break your will so that you can now become in harmony with God's will for your life. So there's not a point of no return where if the person wanted to get back into service, that God would say, no, you can't do that. No, indeed, because he places you on the shelf in order to get your attention so that you will get back in line so that he can use you. I think all I think about brokenness is God's way of shoving me back into the center of his will where I belong. I see. All right, Bill. Thanks for your call today. Thank you. Let's go next to Ken in Alameda. Ken, thanks so much for calling and holding you on the program with Dr. Stanley. Hey, thanks a lot, Craig. For you bet. Always having a fantastic guest. And Dr. Stanley, thank you for being the person you are. I am my... Uh, salesman in this area i got two children in the background screaming at me so i'll be quick it's okay yeah but um i'm a salesman and i was driving one day after hearing your sermon on the radio and i just pulled over realizing that my life wasn't in line with god's will and uh, i had been saved since 77 but boy i sure hadn't lived a life as a saved christian but i just wanted to take this opportunity to tell you that i really appreciate your uh candor and your humility and your you know, you just make yourself real plain to people, and uh, your testimony is very powerful to me, and I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ken. I did have one uh, question, though, uh, if I may. Uh, I had been suffering from anxiety a lot, stress-related, uh, work-related, family-related, and I was wondering, how is it that I can be uh, fear the Lord and yet still suffer from anxiety? It's like... Uh, on one hand, I'm saying God is reverence, God is everything, and and the power of the Lord is the greatest. Yet, on the other hand, I fear all of these little things in my life that almost indicate that it has greater lordship than the Lord. Mm. Well, you know, in the 46th Psalm in the New American Standard Version, it says, Cease striving and know that I am God. And to strive means to contend with, to fight against, and oftentimes if we're not careful... We will allow the circumstances of our life to begin to be uh, so frustrating because we become anxious because we can't we can't make things work out the way we want them to. We feel insecure about the future. A lot of things causes that. But when he says cease striving, what he's really saying is, and when he says and, and know that I'm God, yeah. and when you get your focus on the Lord God Himself and recognize that God loves you unconditionally, He wants the best for you. He's planned the best for you and move your focus from the circumstances you're in to him. Get in the Word of God. I'll tell you, you know what? I've been a pastor for 40 years. I have to stay in the Word of God for my own self. Mm. I could get anxious about a lot of things in life if I allowed myself. Right. And yet when he says cease striving, that means, that means don't fight against it. Just put your trust in God. An unconditional loving Father will only do the best for you. And the anxiety is your lack of trust that God is going to handle that circumstance at that moment. Mm. You just got to move your focus to God and get him off the circumstances. Listen, he is adequate. He is sufficient. He's a sovereign God. He has every circumstance in your life in the absolute control. And as you begin to trust him, and, and I think it was Hudson Taylor who said, bear not a single care of thyself. One is too much for thee. The work is mine and mine alone. 
thou art the trust in me, the rest in me. And you know, so it's a matter of moving your focus in the right direction. You know, I, I know by experience that will work. You know, Ken, if you take a look at the psalmist David and look at what David went through mm-hmm. and see some of the, 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 the travail and, and, and the anguish and the anxiety, the anxiousness uh, that he had through m- much of, of his life and yet see repeatedly throughout the Psalms, you know, my, my soul is vexed in me, but yet in ye will I trust. And just constantly that process of yielding over to God and doing so on a daily basis, much like Paul said, I have to die to the flesh daily. I think the matter of yielding over trust to God is something that has to be done not just on a daily basis, sometimes several times in a day. Yeah, right. The Lord also said in the scripture that the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. So, Dr. Stanley and Craig, I'd like you guys to consider Mark, the book of Mark, and think of the the letters M-A-R for my wife Maria, uh, R for my brother Reginald, and K for Ken. And maybe you'll pray for us. We'll do that, and I tell you what, uh, Ken, you got a lot of prayer warriors that listen to this program, and they've just heard your request as well. Amen. All right, well, thank you all. All right, thanks for your call. From Ken in Alameda, we go to another Ken. We'll say good afternoon to Kenneth in San Jose. Hi, Kenneth, welcome. Hi, Craig. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Uh, Dr. Stanley, it's a pleasure to even speak with you. You're a very uh, fine man of God. I listen to your program uh, all the time. My wife gets on me sometime, uh, even on Sunday. Because when Dr. Stanley comes on the floor, I say, hey, everybody has to get quiet. (laughs) But uh, my question is, um, I'd like to um, find out where did anger first originate? And can anger be passed down through genes? Well, I think he found it, first of all, in Genesis with uh, uh, Adam and Eve's sons. You're going to find anger, but... Where does it come from? You mean in a person's life? Right. Well, naturally, it comes from our naturalness. That is, we get angry when we don't get our way, when things don't work to suit us. It's just that natural tendency of a sinful reaction against other people, against ourselves, against our circumstances. Right. And again, you see, if God is sovereign and I am in a situation, I have to choose how I'm going to respond. In other words, I don't have to choose anger. I can choose to say, God, I don't understand this. I don't like this, but God, I'm going to trust you mm-hmm. that you have allowed this in my life for a particular reason. You have allowed this person to treat me this way for a particular reason. So I'm going to choose to trust you that you're going to bring this to good because I do believe that Romans 8:28, of course, it's true all the time, not sometime, most of the time, but all the time. And so I have to understand that God is sovereign. Mm-hmm. Whatever he allows in my life, I can choose to respond. I can be angry, bitter, hostile. I can be forgiving and trusting, and that's the way of becoming whole and healthy in our spiritual life. Okay. So a person cannot, uh, even if they come up in that type of environment, say that, okay, well, my father or my mother were this way, okay, now that just automatically going to be my state. No, no. You you have a will of your own, and and because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, you have the power to make a godly choice. Mm Mm-hmm. If you blame it on someone else, you'll never get over it. Okay. You have to face it. This is my responsibility. God is living on the inside of me. He says the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, not anger, hostility, and bitterness. Okay. And so you have Christ living on the inside of you, the power of the Holy Spirit, and you have the right to choose godly responses. Okay. So uh, anger cannot be passed down through the gene? No, I don't think so. All right, Kenneth. Thanks for your call. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. 
We'll go next to San Jose. Joe, a first-timer. We've got a few minutes to remain. Come on in with your question for Dr. Stanley. Okay, thank you. Hi, Dr. Stanley. It's a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Uh, I was just wondering, um, I know about, I listen to you all the time, see you on the TV, um, about um, losing your salvation and everything. I have, you know, the church I go to, they preach that, yeah, you can lose your salvation and I have friends in my church that will argue, yes, you can, and they argue that Judas lost his salvation, Ananias and Sapphira, and I don't believe that God has a revolving door attached to our salvation, and I believe what you say, and I was wondering if you could clear, you know, just clear that up a little bit with me. That's been kind of, you know... Well, I would say two things. First of all, because people have all kinds of questions and bring up all kinds of scriptures. Uh, the book, uh, Eternal Security, uh, it's not a book on, on just this subject you're talking about here. And I would encourage you to get a copy of it because I deal with all those scriptures that people usually throw up. But let's simply say this. First of all, how do we get saved? We got saved by trusting in the grace of God. How do we stay saved? Trusting in, in other words, we are the children of God. We are objects of his grace. We didn't do anything but receive him to, to, to be saved. We don't have to do anything to keep saved because what happened at the cross is when you and I trusted Jesus as our Savior, he died for all of our sins. He paid our eternal penalty once and for all. Grace is God's way of dealing with us in our life as a believer. He does not punish his children. He disciplines his children. Yeah, he says, no one shall be able to pluck them out of, my, out of my Father's hand. And you can just go right through the Scriptures, verse after verse. But the primary difficulty I think people have is they don't understand what happened at Calvary. When you understand what happened at the cross and what God did through His Son, Jesus Christ, in bearing all of our sins penalty, then you have to ask yourself the question, how, how could God cause me to be lost when He has sealed me with the Holy Spirit and dwells me and has promised to live there forever? How can I die and go to hell when he is the internal dweller within me? There's a thousand reasons for believing in eternal security. Yeah. You think I should probably, I mean, I don't like the church. I've been going to this church for a long time, but it just seems I have a conflict with this kind of uh, belief, you know. With Well, if I heard something that my spirit absolutely uh, objected to over and over and over again, I'd probably begin to ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me to do about my membership here, or where would you have me to go uh, that uh, I can be built up and not be struggling and fighting against what I believe is a false doctrine Sunday after Sunday. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much, Dr. Stanley. I, I really appreciate it, and uh, God bless you very much. All right, Joe. And by the way, Joe, if you want to get a copy of uh, Dr. Stanley's book, again, what's the title? Is it Eternal Security? Eternal Simply Security. Yeah, I, be sure. I, actually, I've seen that in Berean over here, a Berean Bookstore. Stop by there, get it, or you can order it directly through InTouch by calling 800-323-3747. I got, I got your uh, online thing, too, Dr. Stanley, so thank you very much. Wonderful. All right, Joe, thanks for your call. We're going to slip in one last call here. And in Oakland, we'll say good afternoon to LaTanya. LaTanya, welcome. Hi, Dr. Charles Stanley. You have been a blessing to my husband and myself. We listen to you all the time. Um, and I um, there's something that I've been struggling with. And that is, um, I'm, I just had, we just had a new baby and I'm at home now. And, um, and my husband and I have talk, been talking about me being at home with the children. 
um, and not going back to work is something that we both have agreed upon and that we've been praying about. But sometime in my spirit, um, I know that this is what I want to do, but sometime within my spirit, you know, the enemy tries to make me second guess. And, and say things like, well, the Lord really bless you with a good job. That's really a dumb idea for you to quit your job and stay home with your kids. And it's going to be an adjustment financially. And my question to you is, what scriptures can I read when those kind of thoughts come up? What scriptures can I read to, um, to make me feel better about that? I think uh, number one that comes to my mind is... Um Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which is a real popular scripture that so many people know. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge him, and he'll direct your path. I think there are many verses of scripture in the Psalms of assurance and confidence that God gives us. But I would say, first of all, those thoughts you're that's just satanic harassment. That's all that is. Mm-hmm. There was Satan trying to harass you. And, of course, I, I do believe that in Ephesians 6, about putting on the armor of God, I put it on every morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I get uh, thoughts like that that deal with some area of my life, I just say, thank you, Lord. I know that you're sufficient, and I want to thank your thoughts, and I just ask you to cleanse my mind afresh and anew right now. Let me think of it. Let me see this the way you see it. Mm-hmm. You're doing the right thing, and I think also if you can move to thinking in terms of not what, not what do I need now, but what does this mean to my son's future? Mm-hmm. Because I grew up in a home where my mom had to go to work as soon as I was born because of uh, my father's uh, sickness and his death pretty soon thereafter. And I can tell you, a kid who grows up with a parents are not home, mother's not there, it does make an impression. It does affect you. And it doesn't affect you for a few years. It'll affect you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You're being a wise mother. And besides, that's not forever. I mean, it doesn't mean that you can't ever go back to work. Right. But... Uh, uh, you're doing what every kid wishes his mother would do. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's look at it this way, Latanya. You'll have uh, dozens of job opportunities and another 30 years to work after Junior grows up. But he, he's going to have one childhood. That's it. Right. Mom's going to be there to, to to help nurture him and guide him and, and grow him straight and, tr- and tall like a tree. Only one shot at that. Mm-hmm. And if you have to make a little sacrifice, but, I mean, you know, what price salvation? Look what a wonderful thing that you're giving to your child. Yes, yes. Okay, well, that really makes me feel so much better. Well, bless your heart. Okay, have a good day, and thanks, Dr. Stanley, and thank you, Craig, for everything. All right, thanks for your call today, LaTanya. Again, the book is called simply The Blessings of Brokenness, Why God Allows Us to Go Through Hard Times. In Touch program with Dr. Stanley can be heard um, each weekday afternoon at 4 p.m. here on KFAX, again at 9.30 tonight, so maybe invite a friend to tune in, and then Sunday afternoons at 1 p.m for In Touch Weekend. Dr. Stanley, is always a, both a privilege and honor and a delight to have you on the program, and we'll hope to talk to you again soon. Well, thank you very much, Craig, and you do a great job of hosting this program. Thank you, sir. Maybe I'll stay in radio. Wonderful. <laughs> and you a great sta- idea. And you stay in the pulpit. I think you've got a career. I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks again. There's Dr. Charles Stanley. And again, um, books available at all 10 Bay Area Western Christian bookstores. Or you can contact In Touch Ministries toll free at 800-323-3747. That's 800-323-3747. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.